Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Gardening Podcast, my friend. My name is Brad Tadke and it is just such an honor to have you here with us today for the sixth episode of the Minnesota Gardening Podcast. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite crops to grow. I just started doing this a few years ago and it is just one of the most rewarding, productive, easy to grow crops in our garden and that is garlic. And garlic is just so great to grow and we have a garlic farmer here with us today from Minnesota. Minnesota to talk all about growing garlic. So John Larson is Lyndon Lars Farms, and they he is just a super talented, uh, extremely creative guy with lots of really cool things going on that you can find in our show notes at minnesotagardening.com slash six. Again, our show notes for this episode and links to things that we talk about are all at minnesotagardening.com slash six. And with that here, you can listen to our conversation all about garlic with John Larson of Lyndon Lars Farms. All right, today we have another really great guest with us. This is the season for talking about one of the most, I think, one of the easier crops to grow that that newer gardening folks should be growing a lot more of, but there's just some some different techniques and different ways to look at it. And so today we have with us a garlic grower from Milan, Minnesota, from the Linden Lars Farm. We have John Larson here with us today to talk all about garlic. John, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. So, John, will you tell everyone a little bit uh, about your farm and what you guys do there before we get started? Sure. My wife and I, uh, Kirsten Lindstrom, we grow garlic in Milo, Minnesota, west of Wilmer. We're like 40 miles straight west of Wilmer. And we sell it under the uh, moniker uh, Linden Lars Farm, which is just our two last names kind of mashed together. Um, and we've been growing garlic since 2012. And we grow primarily seed garlic for other growers. And up until 2020, our main market that we were selling to was the Minnesota Garlic Festival up in Hutchinson. And since the pandemic, we have kind of transitioned to selling most of our seed online. And so when you talk about selling to other growers, like how how much garlic do you grow? Like what kind of volume? I don't even know what you... <laughs> What you term volumes of garlic in, but like how much, how much do you grow? Do you have like acres or how does that work? Yeah, well, garlic's kind of cool in that you can space it fairly tight depending on what varieties you're growing, what your soil makeup is and that kind of stuff. But generally you can do like an eight, eight by eight inch spacing in between each plant. That's fairly tight. We could get into that at another point, but we, we grow around between five and 7,000 plants a year. And we grow three varieties that generally each year we grow about three varieties where we grow about 200 pounds each. And then we grow a, a number of other kind of test varieties or varieties that we're just introducing or varieties we've had trouble multiplying. It's not a ton. It's about 60 feet by 60 feet is the kind of the, the area we're growing on. What is the general like life cycle of garlic? Like when, when is the optimal time for somebody to plant it? When do you harvest it? And and how do you, how do you go about like as a homeowner, how do you go about planting garlic? Yeah. So the season usually starts in the fall and here in Minnesota, you want to plant optimally like four, maybe four weeks before the first deep frost. We've got away with it a lot closer than that, but that's what I would recommend about three to four weeks right before the first deep frost. Then you're going to harvest 
scapes in like June, and then you're going to harvest your crop in like the end of July, kind of depending on the season. So okay. it's about 200 days from when you plant to when you harvest. And so you just put it in in the fall and then you let it hang all winter and spring and then harvest it. Is there any trick to garlic? Like, is it, uh, is it really that simple for a homeowner to grow garlic or is there, is there something else that people need to know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. Like people do, you mentioned that people call it like one of the simpler things to grow. And I, I do agree that it's fairly straightforward. There are a bunch of nuances, but when you're growing less than maybe like 10 pounds or five pounds that you're planting, it's fairly straightforward. When you scale up to above maybe a thousand plants, it becomes a lot more difficult to manage disease and germination and that sort of stuff. So generally when you plant, you're going to plant the root side of the garlic, each individual garlic clove. So the bulb, depending on the variety, is going to have like four to maybe 12 cloves per bulb. And you're going to break that up. So we start by just hand breaking up each bulb and we're growing mostly hardneck varieties so when we harvest we're we leave like two inches of that hard stem which is actually the scape that dries down so and that helps you kind of chuck them apart so when you break those apart you want to leave the skin fully on each individual clove and then you're going to plant the root side down so the sprout side is up so come spring then it's easier for that sprout to find sunlight and we go like between two and six inches. Depth doesn't really matter. You won't, you don't want to go more than six inches. And then we cover it with soil, and uh, then we place like six to ten inches of weed-free straw on it. Okay. And there's some nuances there too. You definitely, if you're growing a lot, you definitely want to use a weed-free mulch because if you don't, you will introduce all sorts of weeds into your patch and into your garden, and that can long-term really mess mess stuff up <laughs> of course you can use all sorts of things for mulch you could use um like a soybean straw you could use the like corn refuse that a lot of people bale they do that with soybeans as well you could use just a regular straw wheat straw uh you don't want to use like wood or stuff like that you want to use like a, a straw that's going to decompose in that year and the big thing that that straw does is that it helps the garlic slowly freeze and slowly thaw. And this kind of gets into the next thing about garlic that works really well. The reason that it works really well in Minnesota is because garlic is a a bulb, it needs a period of mineralization for it to bifurcate, for it to turn from one individual clove into a bulb again. And so it needs at least a month. I think it's probably more than that. It's like three months of a cool period between 30 and 45 degrees. And in Minnesota, we know it gets a lot colder than that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we get that. It's good. Yeah. So if it doesn't go through that ventilization or if you plant it in the spring, generally you'll end up with a plant that grows, but it won't turn into 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 a clove or into a bulb with multiple cloves Hmm. it might grow into one big bulb or one big clove but sometimes it just doesn't grow into anything it will just the plant will grow but then there'll be no real big bulb there right so john i want to back up just a little bit to what you one thing you said earlier about 
when you are planting. So you take an individual clove out of the bulb of garlic. So if people think about just bulbs of garlic they get from the grocery store, is yeah. this the same kind of garlic that people get from the grocery store? Or you mentioned hardneck. Can you explain like the differences between hardneck and other types of garlic? Yeah, for sure. So, so I, depending on what you can buy at the, at your supermarket, supermarket, I, if it's organic, you might have luck planting that. I wouldn't recommend doing that, but most commercially grown garlic is treated with a hormone inhibitor, like a, like a lot of potatoes are treated with that inhibits that from sprouting early. And so you're going to have a hard time growing that plant. The other thing to remember about supermarket garlic is that it, if, if it is treated that way, you really have a hard time knowing, knowing if it's fresh or not. Um, okay. You could try to figure out by the smell and kind of by the taste, but organic garlic or naturally grown garlic is not treated that way. And so it has a kind of a natural shelf life of four to you know nine months depending on its variety and at that nine months or the end of that particular garlic's storage life you can definitely tell when it's when it's done when you're not going to be eating it anymore and it will have a green sprout that goes all the way from the root to the tip of the clove and it will maybe be transparent or kind of hard or maybe it's lost all of its water content and it's just like a mush so my garlic that i planted Originally in my garden, I got at the farmer's market. Yeah. And that's what I've been planting and replanting every year. And uh, I assumed that that wasn't the same because most of that that you buy from a grocery store is not necessarily hardy here either, is it? It's uh, a soft neck variety that it would be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go into that. Yeah. There's that, dis- there's that distinction, the hard neck and the soft neck variety. So, the soft neck varieties are generally varieties that will. Um, not bolt under normal conditions or the optimal conditions that that plant should be planted in. Um, so the only way that that plant is going to reproduce is through its bulb. It will, under suboptimal conditions, like if you plant a, some soft neck varieties in Minnesota and our cold winter will make that variety bolt, and some of those varieties aren't suited for bolting. And so okay. the, the flower, it tries to shoot up like a scape or it tries, tries to shoot up a bubble and it gets caught in its small, weak stem. And you'll see some varieties where the bulb with the bulbul or the flower will just kind of get stuck there and then it will go through its whole cycle and it will turn into a little bulbul, but it will be stuck in that stem. It will never make it all the way out. Hardneck varieties, on the other hand, can they reproduce both through its flower and through its bulb under most conditions. So that's why we have the, the, the scape that comes out of the hardneck variety. When you cut those, that's what dries down and becomes that hardneck. Got it. And the, and the hardneck, just so everyone knows, is, is just a stem, basically, that, that sticks out from the center of the garlic bulb. And uh, depending on how close people cut it, you can definitely tell that it's a, a hard portion of that garlic bulb in there that is the, the hardneck name for it. And so hardnecks are the only ones that grow scapes, as I understand. And so what, when do scapes come out and what do, what should people do with them? Yeah, the scape is the flowering 
part of the garlic. So that's what that's the other means of reproduction for um, that particular garlic variety. So the scape um, will come up kind of beginning of June in Minnesota. It looks it's a little alien. It kind of first will come up and it will start to droop and there's a little <laughs> white tail on it. And that's where the flower will, if you let it kind of go to fruition, that's where the flower will form. But you want to catch it before it does that. So we cut our scapes when the scape begins to bend down and curl on itself. And depending on the variety, all of them kind of look a little different, but they'll all go straight up and then they'll curl and then eventually they'll straight up, they'll straighten out and then they'll shoot up about four feet in the air. Um, So you want to cut it when it first starts to curl. So it's maybe a foot long or less, and it will curl right in your hand when you cut it. And that's like a good C or kind of a a one loop is kind of what you want. If you wait too long, the scape becomes hard and the tip becomes really hard. And then to eat them, you have to cut the flower end off and then you just use that stock part. But if you catch them at the right time, you can just go through and use your fingers to just kind of pull it towards you and pop them off. And you do that right above the top leaf. What's your favorite way to eat scapes? Oh, man, I just like a fresh scape pesto. Yep. I love that on like just on a meat and then grill like you can grill it like that. Um, Yeah, just scape pesto is great. So after the scapes are done, and I'll put some recipes in the show notes for everybody as well, if you if you want to know some of my favorite ways and John's favorite ways to uh, eat scapes there. But so then, when you harvest your garlic in uh, uh, July, when do you know when they're ready to harvest? Yeah. So once you cut those scapes, you got about a month, and the plant will start to dry down. So if they don't die when you cut the scape, but they'll start to. That's kind of the period when. The bulb growth is kind of starting, not to peak, but getting close to peaking. And about two weeks after you cut the scapes, your bulb growth is almost done. But then what you want is you want the the wrapper itself to dry a little bit. So you want the plant to dry down. So you're looking at the number of leaves that are green left on the plant. We're looking at four to seven green leaves, depending on depending on the plant. So you're saying the dry. That the- the outer leaves are brown and then they're four to seven. The lower ones. Yep. The lower ones are going to dry first. And then the, the top ones are going to be green. So yeah, you're looking at four green ones or, you know, depending on the variety, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what do you do next? Varieties will start to dry a lot quicker and they'll, they'll, they're usually earlier and they could be up to two weeks earlier than your hardneck varieties. Um, And that's something to watch for. If you grow us out, like we have a, we have a number of soft neck varieties that we've been trying to propagate over the years. And some of them, they're just very, they're kind of delicate plants here and they don't get as big as they would in Southern climates. Um, And so when they're basically ready, those plants just basically fall over. Most varieties of garlic are the same in that if you leave them in the ground, they will take on water and the, they do that does deteriorate the, the, uh, wrapper. So the wrapper itself will, if you keep leaving, if you leave it in the ground past, you know, if you let all the plant, all the leaves die on the plant, that wrapper, when it gets down to the bulb is basically going to be non-existent. And so the clothes will start to open up and then you'll have a wrapper that 
just deteriorates when you pull it out of the ground. And then you have a bulb that doesn't store because the, the wrapper itself is what keeps the clove during its storage life. That's okay. what keeps it from drying out completely. Got it. So how do you, how does one go about after they, they just pull the bulb out of the ground? How does one go about drying and like how, what should people know about drying garlic? This, this part of the process is probably the most important because this determines a lot of, a, a lot about the taste and also a lot about how long it's going to store. So when we pull them out, we inspect each bulb and we'll, we sort just because we have so much, we, we sort right in the field. We sort our large size and our small and medium in one pile. And we go through and we cut the uh, root off, not too, not completely to the bulb, but where it's like a white little scalp, but we cut all of that root off just so that when it dries, it can dry evenly and no mold grows in that um, okay. root itself. And it'll dry quicker. And then we hang in bunches by the stalk in like six to 10 um, plants per bunch. You can clean them if you want right then out of the field. I wouldn't recommend spraying them with water or dunking them in water, but you could use a cloth to wipe them off if you want to do it then, or you can just let the, the dirt dry on it. Um, I wouldn't leave like big chunks of dirt, but you could leave a little bit of dirt on there. And then when you, when you then cut the stem off of the dry garlic, once it's cured for a couple of weeks, then you can just go through and remove that outer layer, that outer wrapper, and that dirt will come right off. Okay. The key to remember is you want to keep the cloves out of direct sunlight, and you want to keep them in conditions that are similar to what they are in the ground. So like 60 degrees or a little higher and not, um, not, super, not super moist um, and not super dry either. So dark and um, out of direct sunlight because the sunlight will kill the compounds in the garlic that, you know, that give it its hmm. garlic flavor and would make it garlic. I didn't know that. I, I just hang mine in my garage. Is that acceptable? Mm-hmm. I mean, as, as long as it's out of um, direct sunlight, you should be fine. Let's talk a little bit about pests and different kinds of things like that with garlic. Is there any pests that we need to be worried about with garlic and should be watching out for? Yeah. In Minnesota, a couple of years ago, there was a really kind of big issue with this thing called garlic bloat nematode. So the unique thing about the garlic Minnesota Garlic Festival is that each vendor is required to pass a garlic bloat nematode test to say that they te- their soil and their plants tested negative for it so that they can sell. And so the, they are selling garlic that doesn't contain this or have this so it doesn't spread in Minnesota. So that's a really important thing to remember when you're buying garlic. It That sp- specific nematode affects garlic. I don't know how it affects other things, but once you get it in your soil, it's really difficult to get out. And if you're going to keep growing garlic, that's that would be something to worry about. So try to buy um, garlic that has been tested in Minnesota for for that and has tested negative for that. Is it okay just to grab some garlic from a, uh, a hardneck variety or whatever it is from a farmer's market? Or do you recommend going to somewhere else to buy it? Or where should people be picking up their uh, garlic cloves to plant for the next year? 
I would highly recommend looking through the SFA garlic directory because all of most of those garlic, actually all of those garlic vendors have been vetted in that they've done that test. You can ask, I would ask a grower if, if you're obtaining garlic from them, I would ask to see if they've had that test. If not, I would be, I mean, personally, I would be reluctant. Um, okay. My guess is probably especially not. <laughs> from, yeah, especially if you're getting garlic from Minnesota. If you're getting garlic from out of state, that might be different um, because that nematode might not be as prevalent there. It's easier. It's easy to carry disease in garlic. So you want to plant in a different plot in your garden every year. Yeah, we do like a four year rotation. And that's not just to keep down disease, but it's also to, to help it grow because garlic is a heavy feeder. As you might know, it really loves fertilizer. It loves anything you give it. And so if you keep growing it in the same spot, it's just going to delete that, deplete that one little spot that you have in your garden. So rotating it and then, you know, you can grow other vegetables in there or you could do a cover crop or just let grass come back in it. Like I said, we do like a three or four year rotation and, um, we haven't had any issues with that. A lot of people in Minnesota have great luck growing in containers or in raised beds. Um, I don't have any experience doing that. I've heard many many people grow our garlic that way. Yep, that's what mine's in a raised bed, and it works really, really great. Perfect. Well, John, we are bumping up against the end of our time here together today. What else should people know about garlic that I haven't asked you about yet? Oh man, grow your own. I mean, I don't, it's fresh garlic is, I'm slightly biased, but it is one <laughs> of the most unique and great, I don't know, it's one of the great vegetables to grow. I mean, home raised garlic is just really, really great. I couldn't agree with you more that it, it's one of the best things that I grow that I, that I like and it stores so well and you can use it all winter long and I'm super happy with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for being with us here today. I really appreciate your time and all your expertise on on garlic and uh, all all things garlic here in Minnesota. So I will put your contact information and things in the show notes for this episode. Also wanted to give you just a moment to uh, talk about your your other work with ceramics and where people can see the really cool stuff that you do. Sure. Actually, on my website, uh, which is my full name, johngeorgelarson.com, I have my ceramics there and my ceramic story is there as well do you want me to talk more about that or <laughs> yeah well you like what kinds that you make bowls and you make cups and like what kinds of things do you create because they're just beautiful. yeah i use um i i've been making ceramics for over half of my life i've been um, really interested in making um functional ceramics with materials that are close in proximity to where i live so I use a lot of Minnesota cool. clays. I use uh, wood ash from our stove. I use granite dust to make functional pots. And I use wood-fired kilns to fire them. Um, so we're doing that whole heating cycle from 0 to 2300 degrees Fahrenheit with wood. And so that wood ash lands on the pieces and will physically melt at a high temperature. And it creates a food-safe glaze as well. They are beautiful, and I just appreciate you taking a couple minutes just to share that with everybody. So I'll I'll put links to that in the show notes as well. But, John, thank you so much for being here and talking about garlic with us today. And I hope everybody gets some garlic and uh, plants it this fall. Sweet. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. Talk to you later. Have a great night. Bye. Yep, you too. Bye. 
See what I mean? John was just so much fun to talk with, and we had a great conversation about garlic, and I hope that you learned a lot about growing garlic here in Minnesota. And so again, you can get the show notes and all the links to the information that we talked about at minnesotagardening.com slash six for episode six. And while you're there, you can just see we have tons of posts and lots and lots of information that we are adding to every single week for Minnesota gardeners. So go over to minnesotagardening.com and check out what we've got going on over there. If you have any suggestions or questions, make sure to use the comment section to add those and we will get your questions answered and uh, have fun there. So with that, we have another great episode for you next week with a master gardener all about burr oak blight. So stay tuned next week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It's super, super helpful to leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts for other people to find our podcast and uh, see the good rating that we've got over there and then join and listen. So thank you so much and have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week. 